0: may you know the blessing of Christ as you listen to this podcast today and especially so may you know the blessing of Christ if you are alone or if you are troubled at this time may Christ be with you and we listen to the hymn I heard the voice of Jesus say it's sung to us by Manchester Cathedral Choir And if you're following in the hymn book, it's five, four, zero. the Lord in gladness. Let us pray. Lord God, the wonders of your creation, the splendour of the heavens, the beauty of the earth, the order, the richness of nature, all speak to us of your incredible glory. The coming of your Son, the presence of your Spirit, the fellowship of your Church, show us the wonders and the depths of your love for us and all the world's. We worship you, we adore you, God of grace, God of glory, through Jesus Christ our Lord. God of mercy and God of love and humbleness of heart, we confess that we have fallen so far short of all that we are, of all that you've called us to be. We forget to love and serve you and we wander from your ways. We are careless of the world you have given us and we put its life in danger. We talk of our concern for others, but we do not always match our words with our actions. Forgive us, and in the stillness of this time, may we hear the word that sets us free, that says to us, Be at peace, know yourself forgiven, know yourself set free to love and to serve. Heavenly Father, be with us in every experience of life especially at this difficult time. When we neglect you, remind us that you're there. When we are frightened, give us the courage that we need. When we are tempted, give us the power to resist. And when we're anxious and worried, grant us your deep peace. When we are weary in service, give us new energy and zeal for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray, Using the prayer he himself taught us Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The theme of our service today is Homecoming and Exile. Reading first in the book of Genesis, part of the the story of Adam and Eve, which of course is our story, the story of Mr and Mrs Humanity. And we're reading Genesis 3 from 8 to 24. Following on from Adam's disobedience in eating the fruit from the tree from which he was forbidden to eat. At verse 8 Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the snake deceived me. And I ate. So the Lord God said to the snake, Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbirth very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he'd been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Amen. And our short Gospel reading from the Gospel of Mark, the first eight verses. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside And the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, with a leather belt round his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And may the word of God be a blessing to you today. A reflection. A kind of a homecoming. It's the title of an album by the Irish rock band U2. It also very succinctly describes my feelings when, as a student minister of Kinloch Ewan Torridon some 30 years ago, I made my way back to the West Highlands every summer at the end of the university term. Once I reached Loch Caron, I knew I was in the home stretch. Soon I was heading down the dramatic Glen Docherty, with Loch Marie glistening in the distance. Just past a welcome sign for Kinloch U, the wee green hut otherwise known as Kinloch U Church and the caravan manse beside it came into view. The car was unloaded, the caravan aired and I made a quick cup of tea. Then I went for a wander round the village, where I was greeted like the long-lost brother. Home again. Some years after that, I sat down in the cinema to watch the film Loch Ness, an enjoyable family fantasy about the Loch Ness monster. Despite its apparent location in Loch Ness, much of it had actually been filmed in the parish where I had worked. And when the film opened with a car winding its way slowly down Glen Docherty I felt a real lump in the throat. And even more so when the village pub in the film turned out to be the house on Loch Torridon where I had gone for a meal every week. Special memories indeed. The experience of exile and homecoming seems to be at the heart of Highland culture. Whether that exile was the forced, brutal exile of the post-Culloden oppression, the cruelty of the clearances, or the economic exile forced by a hard and unyielding landscape, the world was populated by exiles from the highlands and islands of Scotland. From the anonymous Canadian boat song, A Song of Exile. From the lone shilling of the misty island, mountains divide us in the wastes of seas, yet still the blood is strong, the heart is highland, And we in dreams behold the Hebrides, yet still the blood is strong, the heart is highland. For me that verse sums up the wonderful highland homing instinct, a reality of which I became very aware as I wandered around the parish. I met people who had spent their working lives abroad, often in Canada or in the United States, but in latter years they'd come out of exile back to the village and sometimes even to the house of their birth. Exile, homecoming. It's an experience that's at the very heart of biblical faith, as in the stories of the Exodus and of the later enforced exile in Babylon. I'm sure the Highlanders could empathise with the exiled psalmist, sitting sadly by the rivers of Babylon, thinking of home and asking so poignantly, how can I sing the Lord's song?" in a foreign land. We read that haunting story of the expulsion of Adam and Eve from Eden. A very powerful and hugely important symbolic story. This is about us. This is our story. We are all exiles, rebels. We are left with what C.S. Lewis called our longing for the far country. We are on the wrong side of the door. We're outside the garden and deep within ourselves we know it. This is the human experience. The sense that we're fundamentally made for something much more than that we can see or touch. And there's a sense of restlessness and dissatisfaction about our lives. And so often we seek to satisfy that longing in ways that are not good at all for ourselves or one another. Augustine summed it up so poignantly. Lord, you've made us for yourself. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. The words of Augustine were written something like 1,500 years ago or more. And yet I think these words would have really chimed in with my generation growing up in the late 60s and early 70s. We really evidenced that sense of restlessness That searching, that longing, what's it all about? Why are we here? We were haunted by that longing for the far country, by that sense of being on the wrong side of the garden door. Listen to these words. They are words of longing, a bit like Psalm 137 in their own way. They're from the song Woodstock by Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell. Then can I walk beside you? I have come here to lose the smog and I feel to be a cog in something turning. Well, maybe it's just the time of year or maybe it's the time of man. I don't know who I am, but you know life is for learning. We are stardust. We are golden. And we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. We've got to get ourselves back to the garden. A song of exile indeed. Jesus comes as a great exile ender. The words of Isaiah that all four Gospels use to introduce his ministry are the words heralding the end of exile in Babylon, proclaiming that God was indeed opening up a way for the exiles to come back home. And so the Gospel writers, in utilising this passage, proclaim the coming Christ as the one who ends that long exile and who calls us back home to our true, true dwelling, our true rootedness in God. In Christ, humanity is summoned back to our true home in the God of compassion, justice, and holiness and so much of the brokenness and mess of our lives and of our world are evidence of that sad exile from the God of compassion, justice and holiness. In Christ, the long exile from Eden is ended and the way back is opened up for all. I know of one minister, a colleague of mine, who begins worship every week with the words, Welcome home, children of God. I like that. Welcome home, children of God. That really raises so many issues for us as a church. We are to be the community that makes real God's welcome home from exile. I'll say that again. We are to be the community that makes real and tangible terms God's welcome home to his children from exile. Every church service should make real God's welcome Anyone coming into a church community, and I don't just mean a building, should have a real sense of homecoming. This should be a kind of long sigh, oh, I'm at home here, this is great, I feel so relaxed, this is a good place, this is where I belong. That should be the feelings people have when they come into our midst. Come on in, it's so good to see you. There should be nothing stiff or solemn about our churches or our way of worshipping, if there is something stiff and solemn and pretentious then we're contradicting that message of homecoming of God's great homecoming grace that is natural and given and not forced come on in you're at home, you're among friends, welcome home children of God in John's Gospel we find a lovely word a favourite of John's, is often translated as abide. In John 15, Jesus describes himself as the vine and the Father as the gardener. Abide in me, he says, just as I abide in you. In the borders, people would often ask when introduced to someone, and where do you abide? We abide in God. And God bides in us. We are home with God's Living back home in the garden of God's presence. Walking with God in the garden in the cool of the day. None of this stuff is about being dreadfully pious or holier than now. It's not about that at all. It's about being at home with God, being natural with God, being our true selves with God. Living out of that rootedness in God's grace. In God's welcome and justice. St Paul, writing to the Colossians, speaks of being rooted and grounded in love. That's it. What could be simpler and yet what could be more profound? To be rooted and grounded in the love of God. As a Church of Christ, we are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. And how do we work that out in practice? How do we give flesh and bones to that in our parish and wider world? You know, at the end of the lockdown, there'll be all sorts of issues, some of them financial. But the most important question is this. How do we work out that gospel of homecoming grace and practice? How do we continue to give flesh and bones to that in our parish, especially when there will be a lot of anxiety at the end of the lockdown period? Well, as those at home with God, we are charged with living out God's gracious hospitality in every aspect of our lives. We are charged with living out God's gracious hospitality, especially so in the common life that we share as the church of Jesus Christ. What a simple message today, yet what a profound message. A kind of a homecoming. Come home, children of God. Amen. And we're going to listen to that song Woodstock by Joni Mitchell but sung here by the folk band Matthew's Southern Comfort. A song of exile, a real song of longing. Woodstock. <laughs> Today our main prayers for others will really be our closing hymn which is a touching place which goes through all the folk needing our prayers at this time. But having just reflected on that great theme of exile and homecoming let's pause before that final hymn with a short prayer as we focus on that theme. Let's remember those who don't have a home. Let's remember the refugees, the wanderers. Those who, like those those exiles from Scotland out in Canada, were longing for the hills of home, the mountains of home. Let's remember those in our midst who long for the hills, the mountains, the rivers of their home. Let's remember especially those who seem to be harried from pillar to post and feel so unwanted wherever they go. Let's remember the ongoing work of caring for refugees, of the, the work going on in our own parish as we gather clothes and other things that can be used by those in need who are wandering and homeless at this time. As we think of those themes of exile and homeless, we think of those homeless on our streets. We pray for them and we pray especially for all the agencies seeking to to, to work to end homelessness. And we pray that we might be part of that work. We remember those for whom home is a dangerous place, a frightening place or an abusive place. We remember children for whom that home is anything but welcoming and safe. We remember the awful realities of domestic abuse. And we remember homes that are rather tense and fractious at this time because of the lockdown. We pray for your church that we might Give flesh and blood to your hospitality, your welcome, your justice, your loving care by being involved in whatever way we can in all those who lack home and safety at this time. We pray for ourselves as a parish. May we make real the love of Christ in all that we do. May we, may we make real the love of Christ in the way we live our lives and in the common life that we share together. We bind up these prayers in Christ's name and we make our last hymn a continuing prayer. And our final hymn is another hymn sung by the Cathedral Singers of Chicago, whom we heard last week. Once again, it's conducted by John Bell, one of the authors of the hymn. This is Christ is the world in which we move sometimes known as the touching place, it's 724 in the hymn book, let's really use this as a prayer, as the hymn talks of Christ's people, being a touching place where we might touch and care for the broken of the world. A touching place. Nice, Sorry for the blip there. I hope you have been blessed by the service today, and now, wherever you are and especially if you are on your own, especially if life is difficult for you at this time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give to you his peace. Amen.